Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and once again, I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. I took a little bit of a break from the big guys this past week and concentrated on the little guys. The Little League World Series gets started this week in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And while watching the teams compete in the regionals to qualify, there were things that I really liked. Unfortunately, there were also things that I really didn't like. In fact, I found some outright disgusting. So like I said, I want you all to listen up here because you're really going to want to get a load of this. And right off the bat, let me say this. If you people don't know me already, I love Little League Baseball. My fondest memories of childhood were about the Little League. Loved it. Loved waking up on a Saturday morning, going down to the field. I'd go down to the field early with my father. My father would get the field ready for all the teams, put the chalk lines down. I'd help him. I mean, I'm talking about being a nine-year-old kid, okay? Then my father would manage our game. Then he'd stick around as one of the volunteers. He'd ump games later uh, in the afternoon. I mean, Little League Baseball was my life, our lives. In fact, when I got out of the Little League, my father still stayed involved in it. In fact, my dad let him rest in peace. I had a mentally handicapped brother. My father started a division for mentally handicapped kids. And you didn't see a lot of that back then. In the 60s. Okay? So Little League has been my life. Fondest memories are of the Little League. The tears, the laughter, the crying, the cheering, the camaraderie. I loved it all. And I'm very, very, I mean, I love, I love the Little League. And there were things, as I said this week, that things that I saw that I really liked. One thing in particular, uh, when I talk about it, you'll probably hear me getting choked up right now. In the Southwest Regional, in the Southwest Regional, it was taking place in Waco, Texas, okay? Uh, a team from Pearland, Texas, was facing Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So this kid, big right-hander, Caden Shelton, he throws this fastball and clocks this kid from Tulsa right in the head. I mean, boom! It was like a bomb hit the kid's helmet. Side of the ear flap. Kid goes down in a heap. Kid's name was Isaiah, um, Isaiah Jarvis. Goes down in a heap. Fortunately, after being attended to, the kid was not only fine, he got up. He wanted to stay in the game. They checked him out. He stayed in the game. He goes to first base. Everybody's watching the kid go to first base. While he's standing on first base, though, he's walking off first base. Where's he going? You know where he was going? He was going to the pitcher's mound. Because the pitcher who hit him, Caden Shelton, this big kid, was in tears, crying on the mound, in tears, bawling on the mound 
because of all what happened, what he did, he had a kid, the whole circumstance surrounding it. And the kid Jarvis walks over to him, takes him around, gives him a hug and says, it's okay. I'm okay. Let's, let's go. Let's do this. To me, it doesn't get better than that. I watched it with a lump in my throat. I, I, every good memory, every good memory that I have had, whatever about the Little League, was encompassed right there. And then watching the people in the stands with tears in their eyes, standing, giving a kid a standing ovation, it was just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful moment to see. That, to me, epitomizes what Little League is supposed to be about. I just absolutely loved seeing it. Loved seeing it. And then closer to home, uh, there was the Metro Regional. Massapequa Coast from out in Long Island taking on um, Tom's River, New Jersey. And Tom's River, New Jersey certainly has a grand tradition in Little League Baseball. They won it all with former Yankee, former Met, former home run derby champ uh, Todd Frazier leading the team back in 1998. And then they got to within one game of going to the World Series, the same Little League back in uh, 1999. Okay? I loved it. You, you know, I, I mean, it, it was... Uh, Tom's River lost to Massapequa, but it wasn't that they lost. And, and in fact, the kid from Massapequa uh, pitched a no-hitter. Tom's River lost 4 nothing. But what I liked about Tom's River, Tom's River was losing, and you could see the kids had their heads down. Their, their heads were down. You know, wind was taken out of their sails. This was during the game. I don't know, maybe it was the fourth inning, third inning. And, you know, they were losing, and then the kid was throwing a no-hitter at them, so you, you, can, you know why they weren't feeling good. And, and the coach from Tom's River called the kids over in, you know, when they came in from the field and very sternly spoke to them. And he told them, look, I don't care about the score. I don't care that you're losing. I don't care about the score. Don't be looking at the scoreboard. What I care is what I want to see in your hearts. That's what I want to see. Telling the guys that it's not about the scoreboard, it's about what you got inside, about not quitting, about persevering. I thought it was wonderful. It was a great lesson to tell the kids. It was a great lesson for anybody watching. It was wonderful. I thought that was another great moment captured on TV. So that's two great moments. But then earlier, I had seen a moment that wasn't so great. For lack of a better term, I thought it stunk. I thought it was disgusting. I thought it sucked. Okay? In the Mid-Atlantic Regional, Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania, knocked off Wilmington, Delaware, 7-3. All right? In the game, a kid from uh, PA, from Pennsylvania, hits a home run. And as he rounds first and he's going towards second, he stops before going to second then starts scraping each foot on a, on the ground like a bull, 
puts his two pointer fingers at the side of his head and makes a rush like a bull and then jumps on second base. And he did that further going around the bases and they were showing him highlights of him doing that before. And all the kids are jumping on him and think it's great. And all the coaches on his team are giving him a pat on the back. Now, I'm going to say something that'll probably get me in trouble, but in my day, I wouldn't have gotten a pat on the back. Not that I was hitting home runs, but in my day, the coach, whether it was my father or any other coach, would have grabbed the kid by the jersey, said, sit your ass on the bench. You don't act like that. A simple case of right from wrong. So when we see how professional athletes act, Sometimes you wonder where they were schooled on it. And at the same time, if these kids today are watching these professional athletes, that's how they're being schooled. But what pissed me off is that the coaches, everybody is applauding the kid. You're applauding the kid for what? He acted like a little ass, like a snot nose. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad kid. I don't know the kid from a hole in a wall. But you don't act like that. You teach people the difference between right and wrong. You teach people with proper behavior. You nip it in the bud. I've said this time and time again. The best athletes, I don't care what sport it is, if it's baseball, if it's football, if it's basketball, if it's hockey, if you're great from the time you're knee-high to a grasshopper, I, I mean... People are kissing your behind all the time. The coaches think you're great. The parents think you're great. Your pals think you're great. You grow up. You have the best girlfriend. You have. It's all the same. And you know what? I've seen it in the pros. You know, that's why a lot of people, I know a lot of professional athletes of over a 35-plus year career, great people. But there's others that you can see that are so insecure because you know what? They they think all their self-worth is about just being that ball player, that, that basketball player, that hockey player, whatever. And part of it is how they're brought up. Part of it is their coaching. Part of it is being taught the proper way. Part of it is being taught or not being taught right from wrong. And I watched this kid. And the coaches think it's all cool to act like that? You're mocking other children. You hear what I just said? Children. You're mocking other children and you're cheering that on? I thought that was disgusting. It absolutely sickened me. Really, really bothered me. You know, many years ago, uh, 1998, Tom's River Little League won... Uh, the Little League World Series with Todd Frazier leading the charge. Again, Todd Frazier, the same Todd Frazier who, um, uh, you know, played for the Mets, for the Yankees, uh, was a home run derby champ. Great guy. No Todd very well. Won the Little League World Series. The following year, though, that was 1998. The following year, uh, Todd was already gone, but still same manager. The coach, head coach, his name was Mike Gaynor. Uh, they got to within one game. They needed one more win to get to the World Series, and they lost. And I remember watching the kids cry and, you know, the disappointment. And I had, I was 
one of the co-hosts of the Midday Show at WFAN on the radio. And um, I was doing double duty then, both radio and TV. And um, we had Mike Gaynor on. And I said, Mike, yeah, I was watching the kids crying yesterday. You know, I said it was kind of tough to see. He said, hey, Russ, now they need to go back to being kids. Now they need to go back to being just kids. And he explained himself. He says, you know, Russ, it's great. We have we had a great run. But kids need to be kids. And, and all the attention and everything else can be a little too much. It could be suffocating. Everybody's telling you how great you are. Everybody's telling you, come on, you can do this. You can win this. And it's pressure. It's pressure that... Now, there's nothing wrong with kids learning about pressure. I've always said this about Little League sports, whether what, not just baseball. You know, sports teaches youngsters what disappointment is all about. Sometimes, you know, they've never, fortunately, kids never tasted disappointment. And if the only disappointment they have in their lives is losing games, then life is pretty good, I'd say. I, I, I certainly would say that. But it, it, it teaches kids things. And there's nothing wrong with learning that. But now they're on TV and ESPN is putting on this game and is putting on that game and they're treating it like such and such. And, and, and the kids... It becomes overwhelming. So I, I gave you the, the example of one kid consoling another kid. I gave you an example of the coach. Those were two great examples. But watching somebody act like a little punk, and I'm not saying the kid is that, but his actions were that of a little show-off punk. What was disturbing more than that was the coach's just being part of it. Hey, hit a home run. Hey, this is great. No, it's not great. And not one of the people in the broadcast booth said anything. Why, are we not allowed? Since you're treating it like it's so important, shouldn't you criticize and say, you know what, I don't know if I would have done that. Maybe tone it down, young man. But not a peep. Not a peep. I didn't think that was good. In fact, as I said, I thought it was downright disgusting. I hope not to see it again. And believe me, I'm going to watch for it. You know, it's just... As you know, it's not just pressure. Listen, I've seen professional athletes suffocate under pressure, suffocate under pressure, absolutely suffocate under pressure. Some of them can't take it. Some of them can't take playing under the spotlight in New York. You've seen it many, many times playing in a big market. And, and I think part of the problem is, as I said, they think all this self-worth is that of a ball player. Look what just happened. It was announced Fernando, Test, Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres, one of the great young superstars in the game today. He has, hadn't played all season because he broke his wrist in a motorcycle accident. I think it was back in December. So he hadn't played all season. At, well, this was his second year, so what was it, two years ago? He signed a contract as a 21-year-old for 14 years for $341 million. Okay? A kid, a 21-year-old kid. All right? Yesterday, it was announced he suspended 80 games 
all of the rest of this year because he was due to come back all of this year and into next year. Why? For performance-enhancing drugs. And Fernando said, he claimed, I took something over-the-counter treating myself a ringworm. Well, that just comp compounds the stupidity. But th the point I'm trying to make, you're a superstar already. You've made it. You got the contract. What are you doing, stupid cheating? What are you doing? And I, I said the same thing about Alex Rodriguez. What are you doing, stupid? Why are you cheating? He, he wasn't caught once. He was caught twice. What, what are you doing? Because you know what? Some of these kids, no matter how great they are, that's what they think their self-worth is as, as just the athlete and nothing else. And they cheat. They cheat. And are we teaching kids to cheat? When people do their bat tosses, when professional athletes do their bat tosses and act like the east side of a horse going west uh, on the field. Is that what you want the kids to emulate? Because that's what you're seeing sometimes. And that's when I say the system is broke. And there needs to be more criticism. I'm not here to take fun out of the game. I like a little showmanship. Let me tell you something. Greatest ball player that I've ever seen. Greatest ball player that I've ever seen was Willie Mays. Was Willie Mays. And I'll tell you, I thought Ken Griffey Jr. was pretty damn good too. And you know what? They played with flair. Yeah, they, they played with flair. They played with pizzazz. And they also played with respect for the game. Willie Mays used to make the basket catch. But it was respect for the game. When I see what goes on today, and then I see how kids act on, on the field, you know, it's a combination of things. But to me, it's got to start at home. It's got to start in the Little League. It's got to start with the coaches and the managers teaching from right from wrong. That's what it has to be. And unless that happens, you end up with problems. As I said, folks, to start this, I love the Little League. I absolutely love the Little League. I, I think it's a wonderful experience. Again, my fondest memories, my fondest memories of Little League baseball. I can remember it like it's yesterday. Like it was yesterday. All the experience. I can tell you the games. Who did what. and, and It's just a wonderful experience. But... You need to get value out of the experience. I have three grandsons. You've heard me say it before, four, six, and seven. And the um, uh, the seven-year-old, he, he graduated from T-ball. So this year he was playing pitch coach. Pitch coach. The, you know, the coaches pitch because if seven-year-olds were, were on the mound pitching, the games would go on for two days at a time. So anyway, they lost their championship game. Uh, and they had some good players on the team, in particular the coach's son, who was terrific. But uh, th they lost. So, you know, a few weeks later, the, all the coaches and the head coach got, got the kids and the parents together uh, over the house to uh, 
give the kids trophies. You know, a little, you know, postseason get-together. And there were no MVP, most valuable player. There was no best hitter, best batting average. There was nothing like that. All, all the trophies were in a box, and he pulled out each trophy, and when he presented the trophy to each kid, he didn't tell the kids how great they were. He took something from each kid, whether it's his personality, whether it's effort, whether it's everything. He took something out and told each kid, looking into each kid's eyes, and it was a wonderful thing to see. He told the kid something that made the kid special. You could hear a pin drop, not just from the kids, but from the parents, and the glow on each kid as the coach was looking into his eyes, talking to him. And you know, my grandson hit the jackpot because he had this coach last year and had him again this year. And and I don't know if you, there are enough people like him. Just a great coach. And, you know, that's what it's all about. It's all about teaching, nurturing teaching kids the difference between right and wrong and also teaching them the game and teaching them how to excel. And when you're really good and when you're really special, you got to be taught that with that being really good and with that specialness comes responsibility. Like, I'm not going to say the kid's a punk or a bad kid for that, you know, when I mentioned on the Pennsylvania team for that bull, you know, acting like a bull with the horns. I'm not going to say that. I don't know the kid from a hole in a wall. But unless somebody puts an end to it, he's going to grow up like that. And then he could grow up like being a horse's ass. And that's not a good thing. I remember something, the late, great Dodger catcher, Brooklyn Dodger catcher, Roy Campanella, three MVPs, career ended when he was in a car crash, out on Long Island, he was in a car crash, left him a quadriplegic. One of Roy's great quotes, baseball's a great game until the grown-ups screw it up. Baseball's a great game until the grown-ups screw it up. I saw some great Little League action this past week. I saw some great stuff from the kids and great stuff from the adults. I also saw some stuff that turned my stomach. As the Little League World Series gets going this week, I hope not to see any of that ugly stuff again. And that, my friends, is a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now I'd like to get a load of you. As always, let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can do so on Twitter at Russ Salzberg. You can do it on Facebook. You can also check out my website at russsalzberg.com. Got to thank my home here at believe.com because, as I say all the time, Believe is indeed the number one podcast network for professionals. But above all, got to thank you, the people out there, because without you, the people out there, I'd have nobody in here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to each and every one of you out there, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Have yourselves a great week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.